Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Saturdays with Jenny. Now, I've got this book, The Pink Line, Journeys Across the World's Queer Frontiers by Mark Gavisser. And if you take the time to read some of the comments about the book, Sasanki Misimang, who I trust to Helen Gone, The Pink Line is not just necessary reading for those who care about justice. It ought to be mandatory. Um, um, Homi K. Baha, author of The Location of Culture. This is politics and poetry all at once. The Pink Line is a remarkable narrative of resilience, romance and realism. Johnny Steinberg, hugely ambitious, brilliantly executed. It is an engrossing and essential read. And right at the beginning of this conversation, I want to say that it is emphatically not a book for only for gay people, for queer people, for LGBTQ. It is it is emphatically a book for absolutely everyone because, I mean, it has opened my eyes and actually I think it's humbled me. So joining us on the line is Justice Edwin Cameron. And, um, and Edwin, thank you so much for joining us. What a joy, Jenny. Lovely to be with you and with Kaya FM's listeners. This is a very, very significant book, isn't it? I think so, Jenny. And, you know, we've come a particular journey in South Africa. 30 years ago, we challenged the negotiators. We said to them, it's all very well to recognize the awful 350 years of racial oppression, the gender oppression under apartheid, to put those in the Bill of Rights. But we as queer people are challenging your whole conception of discrimination. If you're going to challenge discrimination, you've got to include us. That argument worked partly because of Simon and Cordy, who is mentioned in the book, who is a hero from Sebo King in the 1980s, who came out to Terry Lakota and his fellow Delmas Treason Trialists. But, Jenny, the point I want to make is that across the world, and Mark explores that line, the same challenge in the rest of Africa, in the Middle East and North Africa and South America, in Trump's America. The same challenge is, what are we say? What am I as a queer man saying to my fellow men, my fellow human beings? And that's the challenge that LGBTIQ presents to your, your humanity. So I think Mark's book is a wonderfully expressive exploration Jenny, may I just say how he does it for a moment? Yes, I'll, please. I'll, I'll, I'll let you come in. Jenny, he, what he does, it, he, he went across the world and he found quite extraordinary stories of individuals, of couples across the hemispheres, across uh, uh, the north and south, uh, global north and south. And he interviewed people. He got into their lives. Uh, he went and stayed with most of them. Uh, uh, not all of them, but with a, a, a large number of them. And their stories are interspersed with the story of what has happened to queer people over the last three decades. Mm. So that's the significance of the book. And of course, it's engrossing as all the quotes that, that, that you've indicated say. Well, it's it's engrossing on every level. And, and I have to say, Edwin, that he's given us a new language. I mean, people stopped using the word queer because it was deemed to be insulting and use gay. And throughout this book, he uses, if, if you as a person being interviewed is queer, um, he calls you queer. Um, if you want to be, uh, it doesn't matter what you want to be called, whatever it is, if you want to be called transgender, that's fine. That's how 
how he refers to you. So what he is showing us is how flexible we have to be with people's rights, with people's dignity, um, with with the way people are integrated or sadly not integrated into societies around the world. I think that's right, Jenny, and of particular importance to us in South Africa. We've come a remarkable journey since under the Mandela Constitution in 94, we made a world first of getting sexual orientation into the equality clause. We still have discrimination. A lot of it is class-based. If you're a lesbian living in a township, you may be a terrible risk, uh, Jenny. If you're with us here on Jan Smuts Avenue in the, in, uh, as Kayas Emmers, uh, near to where I live, in the northern suburbs of Johannesburg, whether you're black or white, lesbian or, or, or transgender, you're probably safe. But in the rest of Africa, Jenny, it's, 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 it's terrible. There, there's uh, awful oppression. There are murders, uh, arrests. Zambia, uh, uh, the, the president is terribly homophobic. Tanzania. So what we've achieved in South Africa is that we've become the first country in Africa not just to have sexual orientation protection, but where more than half of our people, township, suburb, rural, urban, say that queer people deserve the same protections as everyone else. It's a remarkable shift over the last 26 years. Well, I was going to say it is, it's over three decades, isn't it? So it's, it, it's the world is, when you finish reading this book, you realise what a journey we've been on and most of us being unaware of this particular journey. I want to mention one particular thing that really makes me uncomfortable in Mark's book. And it's the challenge that transgender people present to us all, Jenny. And transgender is not a strange concept in African culture. It's not a strange concept in Coxical Peer. There's always been people who've challenged gender stereotypes. A lot of my transgender friends have trained to become Isisangoma. Uh, 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 and, and there's a deep-rooted tradition in the Sutu-speaking languages and the Nguni-speaking languages of, of lesbian women becoming very authoritative Sangomas. So it's, it's known to indigenous African culture that the wars about transgenderism that Trump is, is provoking in the United States are terrifying. And Mark's book is really unsettling there, Jenny. He really takes this transgender issue and he looks at it with penetration, with insight and he places it before us because a lot of people are now willing to accept me. I was in our country's highest court for 11 years. I was a judge for 25 years. Oh, Edwin Cameron's a, a proudly gay man. Fine. But what about a transgender woman mm. or a transgender man? Mm. That's, that's where the, peer, the, 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 the pink line that Mark talks about is being drawn nowadays in, in many societies. Well, in many societies, including our own. And of course, I think a lot of the work he did, I think, was downright dangerous. So, so, um, he's joining us on the line in just a moment. But, but he went to Egypt, for instance. Egypt is hostile. I mean, there's no other word for it. It is hostile to anyone who is gay, who is, um, transgender, God forbid. And yet we know that in the past, these were people who, who were famous in the past, and suddenly there is this iron curtain that has come down. Terrible, over... Jenny. Yes. Jenny, sorry for interrupting. It's of fine. course, the, the lesbian couple that Mark so vividly brings to life in Tahrir Square, their lives as, as 
the, the sense of potential they felt after the uprising in 2011, they eventually had to leave Egypt. It's a terrible tragedy, Jenny. Mm. I'm hopeful. I want to, if, if, if you're going to turn to Mark now, uh, let me just make my last point, Jenny, which is that Mark's book is important for theory, but it's also important for the vivid personal details and the lives that he so, so respectfully portrays, uh, illustrates and portrays and creates in his book. I'm hopeful because this is part of a bigger process. In Kenya, in Uganda, in Nigeria, last weekend we had Pride Afrique, which was a continent-wide online celebration of queerness. There's no going back, Jenny, even in Egypt. Uh, there are lots of Muslim scholars, a lot of your listeners this morning uh, are, 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 are observant uh, in the Muslim faith. There are a lot of scholars who say this does not have to be a subject of persecution. So I'm looking forward to a time when, with books like Mark, with uh, more and more queer people becoming visible, becoming comfortable, more and more Kaya FM listeners saying to their parents or partners or to their children, I'm gay or I'm lesbian or I'm bisexual. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful about that progress. Edwin Cameron, thank you very, very much indeed. And Great joy, Jenny. Thank you. And Edwin Cameron, of course, wrote a breakthrough book um, when uh, when he was uh, a judge of the Constitutional Court. And uh, and I remember doing a couple of, uh, of evenings with him. And he wrote Justice, a Personal Account and Witness to AIDS. And uh, both of those books in their own time were revolutionary and brave, I have to say. And I also think that Mark Avissa's book is brave. And Mark, congratulations on this book. Thank you so much, Jenny, and thanks for having me on Kaya FM. Well, it's an absolute pleasure. And I have to say that the last book of yours that I read um, was just the wonderful Johannesburg book. I mean, I always remember, you know, it it, it is just such a marvellous book, but it's also poignant. And also for me, it was a kind of front runner for the pink line. Yeah, I think in many ways it was, Jenny. That's That's an astute observation because um, what I was looking at in, in Lost and Found in Johannesburg, uh, my previous book, was was the way um, the way the way we the the, the the fault lines that run through our city, in this case Johannesburg, mm. um, through our society, and how we find ourselves on one side or another of that line because of primarily in South Africa and Johannesburg because of race but also in my experience because of sexuality and 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 what happens when when you live on the borderland or when you try and cross that line so i'm i'm really interested in um in this in this concept of a border or a frontier and and how we negotiate the frontiers in last and found in johannesburg the frontier was that i write about as a child was the frontier between santon where i grew up and alex just across the way but but another world um a world I couldn't even really know about in a part of South Africa. The frontier I write about in the Pink Line is, is a frontier um, over the over the rights of LGBT, LGBTQ people, over queer people, uh, and on, on, on one side of that line, uh, there, there's a celebration of of our rights, of of our possibility, our 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 place in the world, and on the other side, there. Of that line, there is a there is a resistance to it and and an assault on it. In fact, 
There's also a belittlement. Um, it's like, um, oh, he's queer. And, um, and um, oh, he, he does wonderful decorations. Of course he's queer. And, uh, and whatever. And I'm very pleased, by the way, we are using the word queer again instead of just gay. So, so I think, but it's much more subtle than that. This book is infinitely more subtle. It opens many, many doors. And I don't know if you were listening, but I did start off this conversation by saying this is not a book just for gay people or LGBTQ um, people. It is a book for everybody to read because it literally, there are questions and you're forced to confront them that you actually didn't yeah. really think about. No, I absolutely agree with you. I, 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 I emphatically wrote it for everybody. Um, and I, I feel like it's, it's, you know, in the way um, the battle for, for gay rights or, or increasingly for transgender rights makes us think, all of us think about about uh, what it means to be human, what it means to have a family or to make a family, uh, what it means to be male or female. I think these are questions that, that really do concern all of us. And, and, and the other reason why I agree with you that it's a book for, for everybody is because it's, it is a book about a really important new um, global geopolitics. Um, it's a book about the way um, a sort of global culture wars is being fought mm-hmm. over the rights of gay people or transgender people. It tries to explain, for example, why in some places uh, like Russia or Nigeria or Uganda, the, the gay rights, uh, the, the fight against gay rights has become a way of fighting neo-colonial, supposed neo-colonialism, a way of, of putting up barriers against, um, against the West. Mark, we're just going to take a short break now, coming back in a couple of minutes' time, and we are talking, talking to Mark Gavisser, and he is the author of The Pink Line. Saturdays with Jenny. And we're talking about The Pink Line by Mark Gavisser. And Mark, this book took you seven years. Yeah. You must have been thinking about it before it, before you actually began the process. Because this morning, before I had my early morning cup of tea, I went back to notes. I went to notes and I went to acknowledgements. I am literally gobsmacked at the amount of work that you did, the references, the book you, books you read, the papers you read. It just goes on and on and on. And I'm not taking into account the interviews that you did and the continents that you crossed in order to get this book out in print. Look, I mean, as anybody who's read my, my book, Tyrone Becky, the dream deferred now, I'm, I'm slightly obsessive about these things. But re- yeah, really, it was it was very much a personal journey for me. And uh, it, I, I, it was a way of, I mean, the, the way I use my, my journalism journey always is to is as an excuse to, to discover the world and to understand more about, um, about things I don't know about. And, and, and for myself, even, even as a gay man, as, as a white gay South African man, um, the, the world I entered to do the research for this book was so incredibly foreign to me. I mean, there were things I had in common, I could find in common with, with a group of Kortis, as they call themselves, in, in South India or with, with lesbians in Egypt or with a, with a young gay man from Uganda or, or with, with Nigerian worshippers in an underground gay church uh, in, in, in Ibadan outside of Lagos. But, but their worlds were so incredibly different to mine too. So I really had to, 
to do the work to understand them. And, and I think that's actually the point of this book, which is, is that there isn't one universal LGBTQ or gay or queer identity. There's this kind of globalized notion of, of LGBTQ rights. And then there are these very, very specific regional localized ways that people express and also have to fight for their 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 identity and their right to be themselves. And that's really the point of the book is, is about the, the diversity uh, of experience. Well, you actually state, I think, in the first uh, first few pages of the book, you say, if this book has an overarching agenda, it is to show that there's not only one way to be in the world. There are exactly. numerous ways to be in the world, and some of them bleed into the other, do they not? Exactly. But, but also, I think what's important about that is, is that this book is very much a book of this time. And this is another reason why I think it's a, a book for everybody, because it's about the effects of the digital revolution. And it's about, because that's, that's, of course, the reason why this notion of LGBTQ rights has traveled so quickly mm. all over the world. It's because anybody, anywhere, anybody, a, a, a kid sitting in, you know, in, in, in a rural, in a rural village, in Limpopo or the Eastern Cape, if they've got a little bit of bandwidth and they've got some privacy, they can download ideas about their identity or about transgender identity, which, which kind of puts them in touch with this globalized notion of, of, of what it means to have freedom or rights in this way. But then, then what happens is that inevitably they look up from their smartphone and they may well be looking into the eyes of a stern and or uncomprehending parent, or into mm. the eyes of a church which demonizes them, or into the eyes of a, of a country that says that what they're doing is, is sinful and illegal. And that's part of the condition that, that I really try and understand uh, in this book, is, is what happens when these, when these globalized notions come into contact with local or regional ways of being and understanding. And let me say as well that those local and regional ways are not always negative. Mm-hmm. I mean, as, as I'm sure many Kayas and Lickers will know, there there's, there's really profound ways, for example, that African cultures accept and accommodate uh, gender difference or sexual orientation difference. One is through, uh, through understanding somebody who is gender non-conforming as being close to the ancestors. And, and for that reason, there are many gender non-conforming or lesbian stangormans. Um, so we tend to think that you know the West, the Western human rights model has all the answers, and these other cultures just have to catch up. And in fact, one of the things I discover in my book is that that's not necessarily true. In fact, it's often the West, with its with with its with the Christian notions of of what is sinful and what isn't sinful, and with the, the Victorian colonial law that criminalizes sodomy, mm. that that creates or exacerbates the problem. Well, I wish we had more time, but we don't. So uh, we're coming to the end of this discussion. But so I'm not going to take individual cases. I wanted to talk about Michael from Uganda. I think he's particularly for me, particularly tragic and uh, and whatever. But towards the end of the book, what you do is you do a summation. Uh, You are talking about are things going to get better? What about this particular case? And you mentioned Michael, actually, uh, as one of the people that uh, that you, you know, you wanted to 
to particularly ask whether him ending up in Canada was good or bad or, or whatever. And then right at the very end of the book, and, and it was obviously after your trip to India, and, um, and you say right at the very end of the book, according to the new global script, the introductory go-around consisted of name, um, uh, name, um, Pronoun and sexual, yes, I beg your pardon, I, I just can't see. And, and sexual orientation or gender identity. And then you yeah. say uh, to, to yourself, as well as to us, I am Mark. He, him, his. And before I knew it, the word that came out was Koti. And it felt great to say so. Just very explicitly, just explain what Koti is for people who's listening. Well, Koti is an, is an Indian gender gender category uh, that means um, uh, woman's heart in a, in, in a man's body. So it's, a, it's an Indian gender category. There, there, there are many, many ways that Indians see themselves outside of what, what we understand to be a gender binary. And, and there, are, there are communities of hundreds of thousands of people called Hijras, uh, for example, if anybody who knows about India will know about. Now, Kotti is a, another kind of gender fluid category. And, and what I was saying there when I, when I said that is, I mean, look, Jenny, I'm, I'm a man. Um, I, I, don't, I don't identify as transgender in any way. But what I was saying there was is that in the moment when I called myself Koti rather than male, I, I, was, I was not only connecting with these people who in so many ways are so foreign to me and perhaps creating some kind of form of empathy with them, connection with them, but I was also acknowledging something about myself that has that had really awoken during the research with this book, which is, is that an ability to think of myself too outside of the gender categories of male or female, mm-hmm. um, and to understand gender as something more fluid, and, and that for me was an incredible gift of doing this research. Well, listen, it is an extraordinary book. And all you guys have got to do is when you open the book, you look at the people and what the people say about this book and trust them because it is true. Uh, and you are going to be challenged. It is very easy to read. It's beautifully written because it's Mark Gavissa. But, but I promise you at the end of this book, you are going to be different. You are going to see things in a different way. I can't recommend it highly enough. So it's called The Pink Line, Journeys Across the World's Queer Frontiers. It's by Mark Gavissa. Jonathan Ball is the publisher, and it is widely available. Saturdays with Jenny, 9 to 11 a.m. on Kaya FM. 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.